Hey everybody, welcome back to The Breakdown. I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. That's never going to change. <laughs> it is never going to change. I was thinking about that today. Yeah. Yeah. How so? I don't know, just how we always start the same. Yeah, we really do. I wonder if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I like having the sameness yeah, in life. The sameness. I like, I like a lot of variety, yep. but there are things that I like to remain the same. You expect them to be consistent throughout. Yes. And, and one of those things would be that we're always going to start the breakdown the same way, which... I don't know if that'll always be that way, but at least <laughs> at for least today for, now, it is. for today it okay. is. Next week we're just going to throw everything off. So, hey, uh, speaking of what is remaining the same and not consistent, we did not have a show last week. Um, you were away. I was away. It's awesome, and I was completely thrown off. I even had my laundry in the the dryer the day that I wasn't supposed to because we share space. It's yeah. those Monday holidays. Totally thrown off. So I like them. Yeah. I'm grateful for them. So sorry we didn't have a show last week. It was uh, just a phenomenal service again. And when we say that, we're not critiquing the service, but we're watching the Spirit of God move throughout mm-hmm. and we're watching our response yes. to the Lord in the service. Are we responding to where he's going? And it's been really good, Luke, over the past several weeks with the word to repent, the call to repent for Pastor Zach last week, following up on that place of repentance and what it means to look forward and move forward in that. And then coming to this week with Bishop uh, Sadarshan Kamanapali, you know, sharing with us not only the ministry mm. that he brings and has been a part of, had an opportunity to meet his mom. It was really cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, she was a co-founder sitting there behind the table. It was really, really awesome. I don't believe I've ever met her. But not only bringing us what he does in ministry and what the, the MANA group of ministries is doing, but even this word, um, which I really am looking forward to breaking down because um, there's so much more in there, the power of a holy groan. Mm. Uh, so as we're you know kind of tracking a little bit here and taking a look before we even get into the message, how about the bishop's exhortation, yeah. encouragement, challenge? Yeah. Um, dude, I could stay there all day. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of like, I know that our leadership is really good at being transparent, mm-hmm. being vulnerable. You are part of the leadership. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I love it. I love that he was saying our, our leadership models and demonstrates that. And I think it's because that's, that's the opposite of what we came from. Um, a lot of us have come from this concept that we have to have a veneer. We have to have this coding, this public face. And in private, you're just as broken. You're, you're, you're still working oh, through yes. a bunch of things. Yep. Yep. And that was my greatest undoing is coming out of the need for a public uh, face and coming out of like having to look a certain way and act right. a certain way and just really being vulnerable and transparent. On the flip side to that, what Sadarshan was saying was so imperative. Never let that transparency and that vulnerability be taken for granted, and we lose the anointing and the respect that we we lose the understanding of the anointing and the gifting. Right, and that's where it's important that we see each other with spiritual eyes. There you go, and and living from the vantage point of well, what is heaven doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, how has the Lord called each of us, and how is the Lord speaking to me through uh, these individuals? Yeah. Right. And it's the same. It goes the same for even those of us who aren't in leadership, because that's what it means like to submit to one another. Sure it does. I'm not going to submit to your humanity and I don't want you to submit to mine. I want you to gently in love call that out. Yeah. But it's from a place of submission to the work that the Lord is doing inside of me. Yeah. 
and the work that the Lord is doing inside of you. So, and when we can, when we can meet in that level, then it's like, oh, I can totally submit. I submit to the Lord. So when I see what the Lord is doing in you, I can submit to that. And then when it comes to a place of leadership, it's, you know, understanding that this is uh, what the the calling that the Lord has placed on their life. This is how the Lord, the Lord is speaking through them. And within the leadership, like I trust that each of you are calling each other out. And mm-hmm. from the little that I've that I've got, the glimpses I've gotten to catch here and there, that does happen. And I, I think that's really wonderful and beautiful. Um, there isn't any pressure to perform a certain way, but it's truly be who you are and then working with each other to grow in the Lord. I love you. I had to like bite my tongue. You took the words right out of my mouth because this is not like, hey, this is our leadership. And then this is the congregation. No. I, know, I know you can't see me right now, but right. I'm doing no, no, I'm no. doing the tears. Yep. I was literally trained in those tears. I was trained in that pastor parishioner mentality, which is is not totally off. But if you if you go too far down that route, then you end up bringing exaltation to an office instead of just an acknowledgement of an anointing or a gifting, rather, is mm-hmm. what the scripture refers yes. to as. And I think when we take the basic New Testament realities that Paul provided to us, you were talking there about, we should be this way towards one another. We're supposed to, yes. You got Ephesians yeah. 5, where Paul is saying, listen, submitting to one another in love out of reverence for God. Then you have Philippians 2, where Paul says, hey, esteeming each other better than yourselves. Well, I'm not esteeming your humanity no. better than mine. Right. I'm esteeming that you're, you have a gifting, you mm-hmm. have an anointing from the Lord. I, I love that, Luke. And we break it down to Well, it's the, right there in that verse. Like I, you said, it's out of reverence for God. Yeah. That's where it starts. That's where it is. Yeah. So you, I, I love it because we don't have to, this is the beauty of, of what we've come to understand here, is that it doesn't have to be, oh, wow, you know, they're in this great place of anointing. If we just start back at, this is how we should be esteeming one another. We should be looking at each other through the spiritual eyes, which should be just as easy when we go over to somebody who is in a leadership position. And I think what happens is when a leader is is operating as a good leader and they're being transparent and vulnerable, I think the enemy can kind of come and whisper in the ear and say, see, you really can't trust them right. because look at this that's going on in their lives. And the the truth is actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. They're so willing to be transparent and vulnerable yes. in front of you right. to acknowledge their humanity mm-hmm. and to further acknowledge their dependence, their great dependence, mm-hmm. our great dependence right. on the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's got to be him. Absolutely. Well, because we have to account for our humanity. We all have yes. a sin nature. Yes. But Satan and the world try to feed us this lie that there is a way that you can attain perfection in a way that's going to get people's attention on you. Mm. And, um, you know, th- it's a, it's a false, it's, it's a false, um, submission. It's a, it's an idolization. Yeah. Actually. Oh actually. yeah. Oh yeah. And this all just under that one main point that, uh, Bishop Kamanapali shared, don't let their humanity referring to leaders diminish the anointing on their lives. Yeah. I, I, cont- I don't know if I wrote that verbatim, but it's like a paraphrase. Oh, it's great. I love it. It's perfect. I'll take your quotes as paraphrase all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And and I have to say, too, as we moved uh, forward, I can't even remember if it was before this this quote, this exhortation. I think it was after where he started bringing into uh, the account of the man in that tribe, that Mm. really powerful testimony of I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh, yeah. I grew up singing that song. I know. And never, I, did you know the history? No, I didn't. I, I did not know the history. And, 
you know, it's like it's like Francis Scott Key writing the the Star Spangled Banner and what it actually means. You know, mm-hmm. when you get the history behind it, it has that much more mm-hmm. of a power to it. Um, I hope it was Francis Scott Key. I'm trying I wrote the to Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. yeah, that is correct. Okay, thank you. So, I'm just so I'm going to show my humanity. And you just, are, yes, you I, are allowed to celebrate Fourth of July now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, this show is great. I love it. <laughs> Remember when we used to do video? I yeah. am so glad that nobody's really able to just like <laughs> watch behind the scenes because we're having far better dialogue, yeah. that being the case. But how powerful this is. Um, I don't know if you if this if you went through this study, but I, I've been I've always been challenged by martyrdom and persecution. Mm. I've always been challenged by that. Um, and I've done a lot of study as a result of that challenge. I feel like recently the Lord's been putting more of that. Okay. In my life, like uh, an interest in that mm. in my life, and even uh, like a theology and understanding of suffering and the role yeah. of suffering. Agreed. Because um, it's it's interesting, mm. you know, like the especially when you read Revelation. Yeah. Those who suffer, like they get like every every re- reward. Like yeah. there's there's the reward that all the believers get, but yep. then it's like whoever was martyred or suffered, it's like they get this extra bonus. Yeah. Which I have to say, hands down, go go mm-hmm. for it, God. Like, yeah. God, God, you should be pouring out extra. Yeah. I, I agree because I I remember when I, I really rededicated my life to the Lord and it wasn't even, it was his doing, it wasn't mine. I can't mm-hmm. take credit for, he just revealed himself so beautifully to me that it caused, it invoked that response, you know? Right. And I remember at 18 when he turned my life around being instantly drawn towards the study of persecution and martyrdom, yeah. Jesus Freak by DC Talk book mm-hmm. had come out where they had just gone through just all these martyrs and persecutions right. around the world. It's right. a phenomenal read. And I remember thinking to myself back then and kind of meditating today, am I really, am I really willing to pay that ultimate price? And right. I think in our our Western culture and church, we probably aren't putting an emphasis so much on that. And this is what I had learned from Bishop Kamanapali a while back that when they baptize people, they literally say, are you willing to be obedient mm. unto death? Mm. Well, we're certainly not doing that at our baptisms. No. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. This is really powerful. Right. I think I, absolutely. I think it's thought provoking for us in, in Western Christianity to, right. to no, for real. allow that to sober us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like you look at, you know, even like the story of Job, mm. where, you know, like God basically says he it, it, to Satan, like, there's no one more righteous than him. Yeah. And God allows Satan to test Job. Mm. So in that sense, it's like suffering is a badge of honor or it's a sign it, you know it's it is a it's a spiritual attack from satan yep but then it's simultaneously like the lord is saying you are equipped for this yeah yeah oh what you're just you're preaching the gospel right there because you got two passages it's very heavy to say this like i what's well, good feel like I have, I have to be so careful with my words well i can i, I see heavy. you be, and it's very heavy i know but you, you have yeah. two you have two scriptures automatically to stand mm-hmm. on in the new testament right. reality and that would be when jesus says to peter satan has asked yeah. to sift you like we mm-hmm. and i have prayed you know that you remain nevertheless yeah. you know pre you know uh, minister to your brothers when you come mm-hmm. out of that so jesus is telling him this is coming right. your hour of testing is coming but i've prayed for you and you're going to come out of it and strengthen the brothers. Right. You have that. And then you also have, um, oh, I just lost the second one. I should have quoted them both. Well, there's also, you know, after Jesus's baptism, it says in the spirit, yep. led him into the, the wilderness. wilderness to be tempted yes. by the devil. Yes. And I think it's this general understanding that if you can settle on like this, this flesh and this soul 
has to be put to the test. There's the second one right there, um, that God himself. So do not say when you are tempted, you are tempted by God, for God himself can tempt no one. Right. Um, oh, that's James. That's not the one. It's 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 in Corinthians where it says you won't be tempted beyond what you're able. Oh yeah, to God handle. will provide a way of a way of, of, of escape. escape. Yes. yes. So you have Paul writing this down, saying, "Hey, listen, that you're not suffering any temptation that's not common to man, mm-hmm. and God, who, you know, He will give you that way of escape." I don't know why the words are escaping oh, me at this okay. point. I'm so used to like, <laughs> oh, right there, but it's good. The whole point is exactly what you're bringing up, but there is a weightiness to it, Luke, and I think. You know, coming from my background, this is often what I talk about in my classes, when Paul talks about the thorn in the flesh, I think one balance to all these things, Luke, that we have to say is there is some, I think there's some wrong thinking that some cultures have entered into. And that's like wishing upon because suffering Mm -hmm. can be a badge of like, okay, the Lord is saying you're equipped for this and you won't be tempted beyond what you're able, but the Lord will provide that way of escape. So I think there's some rising here where people are actually like, okay, Lord, give me a challenge. Give me a struggle. Give me a suffering. I'm never going to go there. Mm-hmm. Just by living in this world, we're in tribulation. Oh, it's baked into the cake. Yeah. Suffering yeah. and tribulation. It's, it's already, yes. I like the way it's you say that. In. I don't need to go and ask yeah, for it. It will, <laughs> it will come. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Did you pull out the passage? I did. Good. I did. So uh, 1 Corinthians 10, Thank you. Uh, verse 12, and I'm reading from New Living. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Mm. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow you he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Yeah. And that's it right there. You know, you talk about how heavy it is to kind of communicate that suffering would be a part of our life. At the same time, it's so clear. The third scripture right there is that Jesus himself, although he was a son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Well, I think it can be hard for for us to sometimes grapple with the idea that God would allow suffering Mm. because he does, Mm. because he's in control. Mm. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I can't teach and you can't teach on that right now, even though we're both like, "Mm, we can go somewhere (laughs) with all that, but we've got to kind of reel it back in. I would say this, if you want more on that, you got to come to the School of the Spirit Mm -hmm. because we teach a lot about these things in class. But it does tie tie into today's story. It it totally does. It really does. And I, I, I love that we're here in John 11 and we're at the raising of Lazarus and even everything that happens. But we before we get into that, it was that that part of that message that that man was going through, you know, where his he lost mm-hmm. his sons, he lost his wife. Um, and we we, you know, I'm not at all looking at our Western culture and saying, hey, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. Um, you know, Bishop Kamanapali was talking about if we're not careful, we may see the very same things. I do believe that we are entering a season that we've never seen before. Oh, definitely. And I think it will start more with a, a social martyrdom. Agreed. Uh, before it becomes a physical one. Agreed. I, I think that, and that is just, I think, it's so funny you're seeing that because I, I'm seeing the same thing. Um, and uh, I think that's a tactic of the enemy right now because that's the first step. Mm-hmm. We're going to go go ahead and defame and we're going to go right. ahead and go this route. Absolutely. We're right there. And I think, you know, we really have to not be afraid. I was talking about this with some of our leadership yesterday. If we see these things coming down the pike, it's really important that we do not become afraid. 
Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Right. right. Be of good cheer. Right. I've overcome right. the world. Yep. So we have to keep that eternal perspective, right, Luke? Right. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's it's not that we walk in fear and trepidation. It's we walk in awareness. There you go. So like if I told you, like, all right, if you if you walked out of this room and, you know, Dave LeBeau's waiting outside and he jumps at you and like startles you, you're going to be startled. You're yeah. going to react. Yeah. But if before you go out there, I tell you, hey, uh, just so you know, Dave's out there, he's he's going to try to scare you. Yeah. Like you're going to see him jump, but because you're aware and you're prepared, it's not going to have the same uh, scare effect. That's right. Yep. You have some preparation. So it's really good. It's really important. I like that. Bringing it into the place of awareness. Jesus told us these things would happen. Mm-hmm. He told us these things were coming. So, and I do think that suffering brings that refinement that as we go through persecution and we go through suffering, it really kind of whittles everything right down to the core of what we have. Mm-hmm. I have found my faith in Christ alone. Yeah. It is the bedrock of everything that I have and do. Everything else may be taken. Everything else may be gone mm-hmm. on this earth. Yeah. And that's where we lean into the eternal perspective. So, Amen. All right. I know you and I have to move off because we've got so many on these no, things. No, it, it flows right into the story of Lazarus. <laughs> so, here we go. So here we are with Lazarus. Yeah. I love the way. Here we go. Here we go. That's great. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we often hear about Mary and Martha, right? And hey, mm. you don't want to be the Martha. You want to be the Mary at the feet of Jesus. And praise God, he got several amens on Sunday. Way to go, Bishop. Getting several amens with all of us Marthas out there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, you know, I relate to Martha. I do. I, I always have related to Martha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, we got to do something here. Come on, folks. <laughs> and isn't it interesting? Uh, we don't we don't see the rebuke that comes in another time from Jesus saying, Mary has chosen that which is right, which is to sit here mm-hmm. at my feet. It, it's not a rebuke towards Martha and her and, and all of her running around. It literally yeah. is like, hey, there is work to be done. There are other people to feed. Right. But we we can get to that place where we're looking at the doers like us, like the yeah. Marthas, and we're thinking, oh man, I'm supposed to become Mary. Right. I think I'm supposed to learn from Mary that mm-hmm. I need to know the time to go and sit at Jesus's feet. Right, right. And I think it's it's everything starts at the feet of Jesus, and mm-hmm. there's a heart posture in that we never leave there. Yeah. Which is really good because if you kind of flip that whole thing on its head, here we are at the death the death of Lazarus, right. and Mary is at home. And Martha goes out to Jesus first. Yeah. So you yep. see that she, because she was the doer, she knew who to go to. She knew oh, yeah. She's not, she's not going to sit at home yeah. and, and mope. I, I I bet she tried it for a little while. I'm really going off Bible script here. But oh, man. Like she three, days tried is it, a, three days is not it, that long. She tried it for a while. And then she's like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Jesus is coming. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. So um, we, we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love, I really love her. Um, because I had never really soaked in the declarations that she makes mm, um, until Sunday. Like yeah. I'd read the story many yeah. times. Yeah. Um, but she says a lot that really, as as Bishop Kamanapali said, it it evidences a deep faith. Like these are very big declarations of faith. Which is like, I know if you hadn't been here, my brother would not have died. Yeah. And even now, I oh. know God will listen to you, and God will do what what you want. Yeah. Like that is massive. Yeah. Which if you think about her last remark where she says, even now, I know that God will hear you. He'll do whatever you ask. Just a few verses later, 
that is actually how he's talking to the father. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, Lord, I know that you hear me and you always hear me. And I'm not saying this because I need to remind myself. I'm saying it for everyone here. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And then, you know, I I loved um, how... Uh, he presented her humanity here oh, because yeah. he's like, because because then she she kind of like it's almost like she hedges hedges the bet mm. where it's like, I know he's gonna rise again at the resurrection <laughs> at the last day. So she goes for what she knows is definitely true. Definite, yep. It's like she couldn't, even though they, you know a few cent, a few verses back, she's basically making it sound like, yeah, I believe you can make him rise today. Yeah, but then there's the I don't know, and like how how often do we get? Do we get stuck in the I don't know with the Lord? I know. You know, like, the, and it's, it's kind of, it is, it's part of our humanity. Yeah. Well, what I love about this is that sometimes we can be so hard, especially if we're, if we're communicating as a preacher, we can be so hard about, you know, getting this right with the Lord. And right. yet you see Jesus constantly working with our humanity. Mm-hmm. That's been a beautiful thing to come and learn here um, at HPC. I didn't, I didn't build that as a part of my framework. I didn't, I wasn't raised with that. I was kind of like separating the humanity and trying so hard to be super spiritual. Right. Um, so, so beautiful to come to the reality of like, yeah, Jesus is working with humanity. Yeah. Spirit of God inside of you is totally working with human if with your humanity. Mm-hmm. And we see here that Jesus is working with and encouraging. And he just looks at her and says, I am the right. resurrection right. and the life. I am. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she's kind of hedging the bet. She's going for what is guaranteed. Right. And and he wants to bring her up a little bit. Yep. And she's she's going with her her understanding. Correct. Um, and you know, and Bishop Fonapali brought this up. It's like she, I, I don't know if he said it directly like this in second service but in first service he's like she gets she like trips over her theology her yeah. understanding of god her her knowledge of what is going to happen yeah and i think that that can happen that that can very easily happen to us because you know as we grow in the lord we learn mm-hmm. we learn things about him that are true we understand okay this is a true teaching that's a false teaching okay yep. i'm gonna go with what is true, true. um and in our under and that is important like these are frameworks for us, for our walk with the Lord. Yeah. But then there comes, it's still like the walking out of that requires full dependence on Jesus. It's, you can never understand your way into dependence on Jesus. That's it. There's still like a step of faith where it's like, I have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see, this is the thing. And I think part of why I love School of the Spirit um, and the way that it's set up differently is it's never about, as I like to joke, the POA, the point of arrival. Our lives, is it's never about that. It is literally about walking with the Lord. And in fact, the older that I'm getting, the more I realize I know very little. And it's not about how much I don't know. It's about who I know and continue to trust in. Right. And, I, and I believe that as we're looking at the pain that's swelling here, we have Lazarus, who was loved by Jesus, who is dead. That has just produced so much pain in the heart of Mary and Martha, who at different points in times are coming to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is so moved to compassion. He is now weeping. Jesus wept. He is now moved to compassion. Right. And this groan, if we kind of go back and hearken to what uh, Bishop Kamanapali's message has been about, is that there's a holy groan mm-hmm. and it produces right. something. Right. And, and I think about the times as I was meditating uh, during the services on Sunday, just thinking about the courses of my life, I was like, okay, when did I experience that holy groan? And I think one thing that'd be worth, you know, kind of meeting out right now as we dialogue is, is the concept of praying in the spirit with tongues and 
and then the the just the holy groan. Mm-hmm. And and I love that the bishop was bringing it up on Sunday. Yeah, you may you may have times where it's a tongue, and then you may have time where it's just a oh. I don't know if you've experienced that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's yep. there's this deep well of pain. Yep. And it's like uh, all you can do is just uh And I know. Right. No, but but and and but that's that's in in scripture. I know. Because the Holy Spirit prays that way. He does. So and, and God understands when we get to that point. Yes. And so what when we get to that point. We have to rest in the knowledge that okay, he knows the words that should be here. No, and there's a prog- there's a progression. Yeah. You know, he talks about how like you know Martha walks to Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and our understanding, our theology helps us walk. It gives us the strength to walk. Then there's the dependence on Jesus, where Mary just throws herself at his feet. Yep, and then from that dependence, we come to this other pl- this even lower place of a groan. Yeah. And Jesus is the one in the story. <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. Who who portrays that? Who who experiences that? Yes, and he is modeling for us. Yes. I mean, you literally talked about the progression. Mm-hmm. We are at times Martha. We are at times right. Mary. We are at times Jesus. It literally is this progression yeah. where they have brought the need mm-hmm. to Jesus. He is so moved to right. compassion, yeah. and all that can come out is a groaning in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And even when he gets there, and. And, you know, I think there's multiple tiers and layers here. I think, yes, it's for Mary and Martha and Lazarus. I also think it's for, shall I say, even something to the effect of they're they're not fully expecting that he's going to. There's this sense of like a lack of faith that he's going to do something, even mm-hmm. from others around him, you know, mm-hmm. and that he, he wants to see. Like, well, because they don't know. I know. You know, I know it's like, <laughs> In the oh, same way that we don't, we don't know. know. Yeah. We don't know the Lord's plan. I know. So I, I love to see here that we see it twice, that he groans within himself. And uh, I think about as I was sitting there on Sunday, just kind of walking through those times mm-hmm. in my life and I can see, oh, yeah, I can yeah. totally see. Well, what the holy groan does is it frees you from mm. wondering, did I just not say the right words? Whoa. Right? Whoa. Did I not do the right thing? No, it's you throw yourself at Jesus's mm. feet. You fully surrender to him and the Holy Spirit puts in the words. Yeah. So good. So good. Wow. I'm like, I, I'm completely taken. It's so <laughs> awesome. And like you said, we have Romans eight twenty six, which Bishop Kamanapali was sharing on Sunday that the spirit himself groans within us with utterances that we can't even attach words to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that we have these things both modeled by Jesus and shared later on um, in Paul's writings to give us an understanding that the, these aren't things that we should be afraid of. And right. you know, one of the things that we are teaching in our soul care, which has become super popular now, one of the things that we're teaching and understanding, coming to an understanding is that it's okay. It is okay to have that depth of pain. Jesus himself yes. Yes. had that depth of pain mm-hmm. and to deny that and to mask that and to try to cover that is only more of a hindrance mm. than just walking it out because yep. that groan yep. that utterance yeah. is literally it's the it's a dependence on the lord it's crying right. out you're the only exactly. one exactly exactly yep yep you got to have something that's stirring right there well <laughs> i was thinking yeah like when you were saying you know to mask that like i'm just getting this picture of like a like a festering boil on your skin, mm. but you just keep putting makeup on it. Oh wow! 
And just because it blends like the, on the surface, it blends in with the surrounding skin. It doesn't change the fact that there's dying tissue in there. There's pus and, yeah. and just decay going on. And that needs to come out. Yep. So true. And that, that groan, and, and if you get to that point, and that groan is literally the lancing and the opening mm -hmm. of that wound and allowing mm -hmm. that pus to come out. Because then and only then can the true healer come and do his mighty work. And right. that, that's what we experience. Right. Right? Um, and it's interesting because this all is swirling around the death of Lazarus. And so to tie it all together is what are the things in our life that are dead, not just seem dead, Mm -hmm. Right. But are dead. Oh, yeah. I liked that. I really liked how he said, you know, Jesus speaks plainly to, to the disciples. And yeah. says, Lazarus has died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you not know, getting it. Lazarus we is have dead. to call things as they as as they are like yeah. like in that moment. Yeah. It's dead. It's dead. Yeah. It's dead. Nevertheless, we we know the one and Jesus knows. And I think it's so interesting. There's still a lot to study out here um, because. There is that balance of what Paul communicates, you know, that God is the one who calls those things that be not as though they were. He speaks them right out. Well, see what and I was I was thinking that too. <laughs> I was thinking that too. And and uh what came what uh the thought that came to me is, well when I call, when I say something is dead, yeah. I'm saying Jesus is the answer because Jesus is the resurrection and the oh, life. Oh, yes. I'm saying I'm not the answer because I I am not the resurrection so and good. I am not the life. I am also dying. So okay? good. So when we say this is dead, yeah. it's like equals Jesus is the answer. Wow. But that has to be part of the equation. Mm -hmm. That has to be. And I think that that is in part, again, why Jesus is saying, yeah. I am yeah. the resurrection. You're looking for something that's coming. Right. I am the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Oh, because before we pronounce things dead, it, that means there, there's like some life there. So it's like, oh, I can still salvage the situation. Mm -hmm. Is it, maybe there's something I can do, yep. something that I can teach nope. or something that I can throw in here or that I can, you know, fan into flame. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, <laughs> like all different things, you know, let's do some CPR. <laughs> yep, not happening. Um, but it's, it, it's no, it's Jesus is the answer. Yeah. And even too, in this situation, Jesus said, that this sickness is not unto death. You have what seems prior to talking to the disciples, you have what seems like a contradictory experience because he starts with that and says, no, Lazarus is dead, you know? And that seems like some confusion, but it's really not. In mm -hmm. fact, Jesus intentionally stays, we could read in through the lines, Jesus intentionally stays to show, I believe, that he's still master over death because he himself is the res resurrection and the life. Mm. It's not like he just died and I raised him up in five minutes because we could explain that away. Right. We could say, oh, well, he wasn't really dead. Mm -hmm. His heart just stopped for a few minutes, you know, four days to yeah. even where the author includes, John actually yep. includes, there's got to be a stench, right. one of yeah. the sisters is saying. Yeah, yeah. So we're expecting some decay. Mm -hmm. and Jesus is showing, standing there, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. So I'm thinking about the things that are, are actually dead in our mm -hmm. lives, that there's no hope of resurrecting in right. our own efforts, right. right? It's what you're right. saying. Right. And it has to be Jesus. Right. But another thing that's coming to me <laughs> is, um, <laughs> you know, what you're saying, one of the, because the, because Jesus tells them, remove, remove the stone. Yeah. And the sisters are like, uh, he's, by now he's smelling. He stinketh. Well, in the process of the Lord, when we, when we submit to the Lord and we give him a situation 
and we and he starts you know coming in and telling us what to do he may like that first step may seem to us like oh, okay you're telling me to do this but this is gonna smell so bad yeah like how is this a good idea yep. but it's like no we gotta you gotta do it you gotta do it <laughs> and that's that step of faith that's yeah. where the more we walk with the lord the more we know the lord it doesn't make it any easier. It just means, oh, I've done this before. I've seen the Lord show up before. It sounds crazy, but I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Rolling away the stone on a tomb sounds really crazy. Not a common practice, right? <laughs> We're not grave robbing here. Not a common practice. Uh, and especially after several days. Right. So I do think that's really powerful to bring up that point that he probably is going to call you to do something as you're stepping into that. So if he's going to bring it back to life, it's going to take some work on your part. Roll away the stone. It's really good. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm thinking uh, as we kind of bring everything to a close here, how much I just love geeking out about these things, the, the word of God with you. This is so cool. So it's really fun. <laughs> this again, what we're modeling here is, is hopefully a healthy dialogue as you get into your greenhouses or you're talking about the message throughout the week. Mm -hmm. We should be sharpening one another. Um, this word that's given on a Sunday or a Tuesday prayer these words are what we can be meditating on throughout the week and going back and forth with each other about what we're seeing in the scriptures and how we're seeing the Lord mm -hmm. prophetically weave things through. I have to tell you, every single, our Prophecy 2 class at School of the Spirit, every single, they meet every Thursday night, and every Thursday night before the Sunday, they have had some element of revelation in that class that takes place on a Sunday service. Oh, wow, that's cool. And Pastor John will tell you the same thing from our prophetic prayer gathering on a Sunday morning that God is already leading them into some of the things. Why? Because we were looking for alignment, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. a good witness. Amen. So that's it. I, uh, I want to pray for our strength today, you know, that we'd be able to endure those hours of testing and temptation. Mm -hmm. And I love what John said. He said, my little children, I write these things to you that you may not sin. Nevertheless, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you want to pray today for us, bro? Sure. Father, thank you uh, that you are a God who sees us mm. and hears us, and not only that, you are with us and you um, you walk beside us in every moment, and we just throw ourselves at your feet, and we trust you, and we know that uh, the things that are dead, you can bring life to, um, and we just fully trust you and, and just submit to whatever step you call us to take, um, and that you would we know that you will strengthen us and you are equipping us for the times of testing and mm -hmm. trial um, and that you will walk through us, uh, walk through those times even with, uh, even then with us. Yes. Um, so we just praise you and honor you and submit to you in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, we close the show the same way every week. So mm -hmm. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. <laughs> That's the breakdown. We'll catch you next week. Give me a